Well, welcome Pathway family at all of our locations. Those of you who are watching online, so glad you're here for this first week of our series, Taking More Territory. And to launch out today, I really wanted to tell you the story of how really this whole series was birthed. You know, right before my sabbatical, I was really kind of in a season of my spiritual journey with Christ where I was experiencing what I would call maybe some perseverance fatigue. I wasn't as much, it wasn't really as much about being physically tired as it was about being spiritually and emotionally tired. But I began to discover that as I took more and more steps of new and fresh obedience in my life, my soul was slowly but surely being refreshed. As I took more chances to engage with people and invite people to come to church, as I took more opportunities to be able to share my faith, maybe sometimes in scary situations, and as I took more risks to be able to give my financial resources to God, God was taking up more and more territory in my hearts, and I was experiencing renewal. And one of the key catalytic experiences that God used to take up more territory in my heart happened to me this last fall with some friends of Pathway, Bernard and Helen Wesley. And Bernard and Helen have a humble ministry to the people of Homa Bay, Kenya. They love the impact that Pathway has on them and their ministry. And I've got a picture of them, of them in their homemade Pathway t-shirts. They got these homemade Pathway t-shirts on. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Well, this last fall, their church was kicked out of the rented space that they were worshiping in, in a tent. And they had a new location, but they had no funds for a building to accommodate their growing ministry at that new location. So as I talked to them last fall, I felt like God was prompting me to do something about it. And I asked Helen and Ben how much the project was going to cost. And I want to let you know, after they told me how much it was going to cost, it was definitely a lot more than I felt like God was prompting me to do. And honestly, it was scary. It was a lot of money. And I actually put off responding to them for a couple weeks. I wanted to do something But I didn't think God wanted me to kind of go all the way and do that. But the timing of their need and God's continued prompting and my resource actually all fit together perfectly. So one day I called Ben and Helen over Facebook. And when I got on the phone with them, so to speak, in the end I could hardly speak. I mean, there was so much that was converging in my soul in those moments. You see, the extra money that I had was actually money that I had received from my mom's estate when she passed away. You see, I had some plans for that money. I had things I kind of wanted to do with that money. That money was dreams. That money was security. But I felt like God was saying to me, I'm your dreams. I'm your security. And in those moments, it just wrecked me. Because I knew that that was the voice of God and that was truth. And so part of what I decided in those moments was, part of that gift was to honor my mom's faith in Christ since her passing. And the other part of that was just 
me just wanting to have my arms and my heart wide open and step into this unknown place with God. It was about trusting God as to all opposed to all this money I had in my hand. And so Ben and Helen, they, they actually prayed with me as I kind of cried my way through this conversation. And by the end, I finally told them what I wanted to do, and I gave them the funds that they needed for that church. And I have to tell you, in those moments, as all that happened, as I released that money, there was just this deep, rich sense of God's presence that filled my soul, that there was joy, there was peace, there was power, and at the same time, there was this weird sense of just being totally vulnerable, because I was being totally dependent on God. And in many ways, it kind of felt like I, in those moments, I was like jumping off this cliff in a wingsuit with God. And God was right there next to me, and he's saying, Todd, I've got you. I got you, Todd. I know this is a little bit scary for you right now, but I got you. But I hope you're seeing, Todd, when when you fly with me, man, it's amazing. It is amazing. And this is the way I think we are supposed to live, all right? This is the way we're supposed to live, amen? Amen. And I'm telling you, even though I have been a Christ follower for years of my life, I'm telling you there are so many times in my life where I've missed this. I've missed this because I've been too afraid, too afraid and unwilling to be able to go all the way. I kind of like holding on to the edge a little bit better. I don't really want to jump out because I'm a little bit afraid that God's really going to be there and really to be able to give him all of me. But that day, I learned afresh how God wants me to live, how he wants all of us to live, how he wants us to be able to soar with him, how he wants to take up more and more territory in all of our hearts so that we can experience him, so that we can, he can be our dreams, he can be our security. And really what added fuel to the fire that day was the joy. The joy of friendship and partnership in the gospel, uh, of being connected to Ben and Helen. I mean, they they were just so overwhelmed in that moment with this just the sense of God that that they really couldn't even understand and believe how kind of all this was happening in those moments. So I ended up sending them the funds, and now there's a new church building that's nearly complete that they're going to be worshiping in next month. Isn't that awesome? It's crazy. You see, there is so much that happens in us and through us as we allow God to take up more and more territory in our hearts. And I want you to imagine today, in big ways and in small ways, every day, what would happen if we would all do that? If we would all do that, we allow God to take up more territory in our hearts the people that we would influence, the lives that would be changed, and the people that we would walk alongside with, how heaven would come to earth. And that, my friends, is my hope and my heart, really, as we enter into this series over the next four weeks. All of us allowing God to take up more and more territory inside of our hearts. Now, A person in Scripture who I really believe allowed God to take up more and more territory in their heart was a man named Abraham. And just to give you a little bit of background on Abraham, Abraham is one of the most important figures in Scripture. 
and one of the most important figures, uh, I think, in human history. Three of the major religions of the world, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, actually looked at Abraham as the father of their faith, which represents really about half of the world's population. Typically, when people talk about Abraham, though, they always start in Genesis chapter 12. But really, his story begins back in chapter 11. And in Genesis chapter 11, it's actually the story of the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel was this project that really symbolized humanity's rejection of their need for God and their desire to make a name for themselves. But that's not what God's intention for humanity was. His intention for humanity was there for there to be a people who would point other people toward him. But it was in this very dark time in the history of the world that, that nobody was pointing other people toward God. But listen to what it says then in Genesis chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. It says, The Lord said to Abram, or Abraham, we'll find out later, Come, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Now, the first thing I kind of want you to notice here in the middle of this time where nobody is pointing people toward God God actually chooses, we know from the rest of some other contexts, about a 75-year-old man. <laughs> and understand, this 75-year-old man, Abraham, has really never done anything significant in his whole life. He's not known for anything. He has no children, and he really has no stellar accomplishments. Yet God promises to take this no-name guy and use him to start a great nation of people who will follow God and point other people toward him. But you know what actually made Abraham so unique and set him above everyone else? It was his willingness and availability to go on a journey. You see, there were other people who were smarter there were other people who were more qualified. There were other people who were obviously younger. But Abraham said to God, here am I. Here am I. I'm willing and I'm available. I'll go and do whatever you tell me to do. You see, Abraham's greatest ability was actually his availability. His greatest ability was actually his availability. He was available and willing to be able to go on this journey with God. So first of all, if we're going to allow God to take up more territory in our hearts, we've got to be willing to go. You and I, we've got to be willing to go. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for our willingness and our availability. That's what he saw in Abraham. Abraham was willing and available to go on this journey with God. He, he was like, I'm in, I'm in. I will go do it, God. I'll be your man. You know, my problem is every time I'm invited to go on a journey with God, I, I feel so much hesitation. I feel like every time I have an opportunity uh, to travel globally around the world to do mission work, I, I, there's this tendency inside of me and said, do I really want to get on a plane and fly to Africa, India, or the Middle East? I, I know when I get over there, I'm going to be jet lagged, the food's going to be weird, and there's going to be a whole bunch of hassle kind of setting this whole thing up. I'm not sure I really want to go. Or, or more commonly, uh, it's, it's risking myself to, 
to engage in a conversation, to be able to strike up a conversation and hopefully I'll be able to invite somebody to church or, or to walk alongside them, help them grow in their faith in Jesus. Or, or to surrender more of my finances to God. Because you see, it, it looks uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. It looks hard. It's inconvenient. And besides all that, I may miss out on something else that I want to do. You ever feel that? There's this tendency to hedge because you don't want to miss out on something else. Particularly, it kind of looks like all that other cool stuff that everybody else is doing. I don't want to get too deep in over here. I may miss out on something I really want over here. You see, there's a massive temptation inside of me and I think inside of us every time God pushes us to go on a journey with him. We think it's cool, but we'd rather kind of watch a little bit from afar because what we we don't want to miss out on something else you know we want to kind of hedge our bets and kind of dance around till we figure out kind of what's the best road where it looks like it's going to serve our needs the best so it's easier than kind of for us to be kind of a fan of God than really a true follower but that's not what God's looking for he's looking for true followers he's not looking for fans So my question for you today is, are you willing and available to be able to go on a journey with God? Will you go on a journey? Will you put yourself in a position, in a place to be able to go on a journey with God? Will you forsake all that other stuff that you think will be able to give your soul life and be willing and be available to do anything, to be able to do anything for God? And I promise you, though, if you'll make yourself, if you'll make yourself willing and available to be go on a journey with God, he's going to do amazing things. He's going to do, as the scripture promises, immeasurably more than what you could ever ask or imagine. Just like he always does and just like he did, obviously, for Abraham. Now, the next observation I kind of want to make about Abraham is actually back in chapter 11. If you go back to chapter 11, Terah, who is Abraham's father, took him, his grandson Lot, and his daughter-in-law Sarah, and they set out for Canaan, which is the promised land. But then at the end of verse 31 in chapter 11, it says, but when they came to Haran, they settled there. And I think this is a very significant verse. Because God had instructed Abraham's father Terah to go to Canaan the promised land. But they get about halfway there and they give up. And they end up settling in modern day Iran. Instead of going all the way and being obedient to what God had told them to do, they stop halfway and they miss out on the promised land. So the second observation I want to make, if we're going to allow God to be able to take up more territory in our hearts is we've got to go all the way go all the way. So many times we make the exact same mistake as Abraham's father. We don't go all the way. We get halfway on the journey God calls us to and we stop. Kind of like for me a couple weeks ago. I went to the grocery store, ran into a friend of mine. I hadn't seen him for a a long time. We talked about his job, talked about his grandkids for a while. And at the end of the conversation, I felt a little bit of this nudge to be able to kind of take it to another level to be able to engage him in a little bit more of a spiritual conversation, at least invite him to church. He knows I'm a pastor. I mean, this is kind of like a layup. 
but I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I, I was afraid. I didn't kind of want to make him feel awkward and uncomfortable. You see, so many times we're not willing to go all the way. We get stuck. We start weighing the risk versus reward. What's this going to cost me? How much time? How much money? If I do this, is it really going to be worth it? Is it really going to be something else? It's going to be a little bit better than what I'm doing right now. But there has to come a point where we stop asking the questions. There has to come a point where we just say, you know what, God? I don't know what you're doing here, but I know that you love me, and so I'm going to close my eyes, and I'm going to take your hand, and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to go and do whatever you tell me to do. I'm going to go jump off some cliffs. I'm going to put myself And that's what I'm saying when I'm talking about jumping off cliffs. I'm going to put myself in a place where faith is possible, where I'm going to actually have to trust God that he's going to be able to do something in my life, that he's going to catch me. And when we do that, so many powerful things happen. So many powerful things happen. But we've got to go all the way. You know, it does remind me of a story that a lady here in our church family shared with me a while back. She said when she was 17 years old, she had a baby out of wedlock. Her parents kicked her out of the house. She struggled just to survive. But she reached out in those moments in her very young faith and she began to trust God. She began immersing herself in God's word. She began immersing herself in God's people, the church. But things were very difficult still. And one night when things were particularly hard, And she began to feel like that she was really at the end of her robe, just emotionally, spiritually, and financially. She went to church and she just cried out to God. And during that worship service, that night she took out the last $20 that she had. And with tears in her eyes, she put it in the offering plate. And said to the Lord, I'm yours. This is all I've got. And I'm trusting you with my whole you know what? Right before she was ready to leave the worship service that night, someone came up behind her and tapped her on the shoulder and reached out and gave her a $100 bill and they said, God told me to give this to you. And she said when that happened, she was just so overwhelmed. She was so overwhelmed. She said, there was just such a surge of God's presence in my life like I'd never felt before. God came to her just in a supernatural way that night, and it catapulted her forward. You see, she was willing to go all the way to be able to say, God, it's you. It's you. You're my dreams. You're my security. And God used her willingness to go all the way financially to be the catalytic force then, to be able to grow her trust and her surrender to God in a whole other way that carried her all the way through that time of being a 17-year-old single mom. And that's what's so powerful, particularly about what we're going to be talking about this month. When we go on a journey with God with our finances, God uses our finances like no other area of our lives to be able to pull our hearts into total alignment with Him. But it all happens only when we go all the way on a journey with him. You know, one of the key things that I really love about Abraham's story is he's the beginning of God's plan to be able to redeem this world. 
God used Abraham to start a nation, the nation of Israel, and the Israelites were the people that God used to bring Jesus into this world and ultimately save the world. But Abraham left his home country to take new territory. It was both physical and spiritual. It was physical in being the promised land, and it was spiritual in ushering in God's kingdom here on this earth. And you know what? God wants us to do the same thing today as we fulfill His great commission here on this earth. He wants us to be willing to go on a journey with Him and to go all the way so that we can usher in His kingdom both spiritually and in many ways physically here on this earth. And I'm telling you, when you do that, it's powerful. And what's so interesting is, last Saturday night, that actually happened. It actually happened at the Hutch Prison. You know, we had a team of people from Pathway go to the prison and put on the first major outreach event that they've had since the pandemic. You see, you have to understand There's actually a promised land over there in that prison. A promised land of blessing and of opportunity. At the same time, that land is scary to go to. The walls are high. It has barbed wire all around it. And there are security guards that are posted on every corner. And it's incredibly inconvenient to go into that land you got to go through background checks. you got to make early plans to get on a list. And you got to be ready when you get there to be searched to be able to get into that land. And when you finally get into that land, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. When you hear the sound of those iron gates locked behind you, it gets real, and it gets real fast. And the people in that land, they don't look very friendly either. You don't know what's going to happen as you walk through the open halls of that land. But I'm telling you, in that land, that promised land, the fields are widened to the harvest. You know, we had 168 inmates and 30 pathway volunteers that were there last Saturday night. We hosted an event in the new Spiritual Life Center at the prison. That pathway has put over $10,000 in to help complete Uh, We fed those inmates nearly a hundred Papa John's pizzas. (laughs) And let me tell you, when they go through the line, I mean, they had their plates piled high with pizza and cookies and everything else. They hadn't eaten that good in months. (laughs) Then we had a great concert and a worship time that was led by our Goddard worship team. We had two men from our Pathway family who were formerly incarcerated, Joe Garcia and David Gilkey, uh, share their testimonies of how God used their experience in prison to be able to draw them to Jesus. And I'm telling you, those inmates, they loved it. I mean, it was the largest event they've had in the prison since 2015. I mean, isn't that amazing? Praise the Lord for that. That's all him. It's all him. He worked it out. We had 10-plus decisions to follow Jesus for the very first time that night. And we have a four-week a follow-up Bible study that just started this week that has over 25 inmates in it. It's amazing. But you know what was actually more amazing? It was what happened in the hearts of all those volunteers. You see, they were willing to go on a journey with God. 
They were willing to go on a journey and put themselves in a place that was really uncomfortable. They went all the way. (laughs) They went behind the walls of that prison. And then they used each of their unique God-given skills, gifts, and abilities to be able to build up Christ's body in an amazing way. And when they saw the joy that those inmates had as they were experiencing that event, And when they saw them swaying back and forth, singing worship songs and raising their hands to accept Jesus Christ for the very first time, they were overwhelmed. Their hearts were overwhelmed with this feeling that this is what God made them to do. That He made them to go on a journey with Him. And He made them to be able to go on a journey with Him and go all the way. And after the inmates left that night, The volunteer team got together and they prayed. And they just thanked God for all that He had done, for the joy that they were experiencing as they were flying in their wingsuits with God. And as they got to witness God change people's lives. See, that's what happens, my friends when we're willing to go on a journey with God and we're willing to go all the way. And so this weekend, I want us to start on this journey. I don't want us to watch. I I don't want us to be spectators. I want us to get in the game. For some of you, this journey that we're going to be talking about around generosity, this might be the first time you've ever been on a journey with God where you're thinking and you're praying about what you're giving to God. I want to especially encourage you to be open Open yourself up to God and allow Him to be able to take you on this journey. I mean, it's amazing. And when you go on a journey with God, it stretches you, it grows you, it it transforms you like never before as you surrender more and more territory in your heart to God, and particularly around this area of giving. Now, I know for others of you, as we embark on this journey of the heart as it pertains to our giving, I know for many of you, you feel like you've been on this journey before or you've already arrived at the destination you think God wants you to be in. But I want to let you know, God's not finished with you yet. He still has amazing new heights and new destinations and new vistas that He wants to take you to. But like I shared in my own story earlier, God used this catalytic area of giving to be catalytic in my heart, to catapult my whole life forward in new and fresh ways. So as we embark on this journey, I want us to pray. I want to pray that God will do some powerful and fresh things in us as we obey Him in some new and fresh ways, just particularly around this area of our giving. So right now, I just want to just ask everyone, all of our locations, those of you who are watching online, just bow your heads. Close your eyes. And I want to spend some time talking to God as we embark on this journey. And as we begin to pray right now, I'm reminded of some words in Scripture that say, the eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the earth, looking for those looking for those whose hearts are fully devoted to Him. God's looking for people 
He's looking for people whose hearts are fully devoted to Him. He's looking for people who say, here I am, God. I'm willing to go on this journey. I'm willing to go all the way. And so today, as we're kind of at the bottom of the mountain, so to speak, if you're willing to go on this journey, and you're willing to go all the way, man, I want you to let God know. I want you to let God know. I want you to lift up your hands right now and say, God, I'm, I'm willing to go on the journey. I'm willing to go on the journey, and I'm willing to go all the way. Just want to lift up your hands and say, God, I'm willing to go on the journey, and I'm willing to go all the way. I'm willing to go all the way. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Me too. I want to go on the journey. I want to go on the journey. I want to discover new and fresh things in my heart and my soul as I more and more fully surrender my heart and my life to him in fresh ways of obedience. So let's pray right now. Oh, Father in heaven, I just thank you so much for my good friends and brothers and sisters here in this journey that we're about to embark on, God. God, because I know that you're leading the journey by your Holy Spirit in our hearts, I know as we follow you, you're going to take us to places that we've never been before. And they're amazing, God. And so, Lord, we just come to you right now. We just ask for your forgiveness for so many times that we haven't been willing or we've only gone halfway, God. But today, we say we'll follow you. We will follow you wherever you tell us to go. We'll go all the way, Lord. So we commit ourselves, God, to do that. Now, as we continue to pray right now, I know there's others of you here today that you've never taken that first step to really trust Jesus for the very first time and go on an adventure with Him. And I want to let you know today, regardless of what's going on in your life today, Jesus wants to take you to amazing places that you've never been before if, if you will surrender and you'll follow Him. And so today, if you've never taken that step to be able to trust Jesus to fully surrender to him. Make him the leader and the savior of your life for the very first time. I want to give you that opportunity. I want to give you an opportunity. So don't miss this opportunity right now to be able to go on adventure with God like you've never been before. So I invite you right now. Pray this prayer with me. Pray this prayer with me in the quietness of your heart. Oh Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, that I'm broken, and that I've tried to find life, and I've tried to find peace in all kinds of other different ways. But today, Jesus, I choose to follow you. I choose to make you the leader and the savior of my life. Thank you that you've made a way for me by dying on the cross for my sins and I choose today as well God that you might use my life to go and share that same kind of hope and that same kind of truth with other people now with everybody's head still bowed and eyes still closed right now if you prayed that prayer for the very first time you made Jesus Christ the leader and the savior of your life and you're ready to go on an adventure with God man I want you to raise your hand right now you to raise your hand right now. Just real high. Say to God, I'm, 
I'm ready to go on adventure. I want to make you the leader and the savior of my life. Raise your hand real high right now. Say that to God. Say that to God, that you're ready to go on that adventure. That you're ready to make him the leader, the savior of your life today. Raise your hand. Raise your hand right now. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I just thank you so much that you're always at work. You're at work in men's and women's hearts. And thank you today for my friends and brothers and sisters who made you the leader and the savior of their life today. God, I just thank you and I just look forward to just the incredible adventure I know that you're going to take them on and how that you're going to use their life, God, to be a blessing, to be a blessing to other people. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much that you're here. And we pray these things right now in Jesus' name. Amen.